Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Fantastic episode for you today with a terrifically talented musician from Memphis, singer-songwriter Mad Wellesley joins the show. Raised in Memphis, Mad Wellesley is a natural-born storyteller, integrating sounds of rock, soul, hip-hop, and modern pop. After moving to Nashville, she started the band Stealing Oceans in 2015 and began touring until 2017, when she then decided to pursue her solo career. Embracing her vulnerabilities, she paves her way in her music through love, anxiety, relationships, and heartbreak. Her love of inspiring female artists such as Dua Lipa, Halsey, and Demi Lovato can be felt in elements of her music. From the second we started talking, I was instantly inspired by her. But after hearing today's episode, I feel that any listener will appreciate and respect her personality, drive, and will love the music that she creates. On today's episode, Matt and I chat about her musical upbringings in Memphis and how they played a role in her life now as a performer. Matt and I also discuss creativity, where she finds it, and how she gets in the right mindset for a performance. Lastly, we discuss her newest single, Bedroom, which we're going to play before we bring her out. And in the back half of the episode, we're going to play another one of her songs called Get What I Want. A tremendous talent with a relentless drive. She's a great storyteller and just was a fun chat. And I really am thankful that we had her on the show today. Excited for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring out Mad Wellesley and let's learn. Stop tap. Can you hold it? Give up, controlling it. You like to micromanage every situation, even when you don't mean to. You're always trying to keep track where I'm at. I didn't want to agree to. No, I don't want to go. Just need you to know. I'ma put it all out in the open. Can you handle it? If you're trying to tell me what to do, I don't want it Let's just see your bedroom, I'm not coming The only place you better be telling me to go when I see ya Is underneath ya Your body language is my favorite Come and show me, come and take it You can't tell me what to do Your body language is my favorite Come and 
I'm excited to talk about your music career and excited to learn more about you. But before we talk anything about music, I have a question about this last week. What is it like going to a hockey match in a football stadium? Oh my God, that was wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was crazy. You don't realize how small the hockey rink is until it's in a football field. And you, it's so small. It was amazing to be in that stadium watching the game, but because the stadium's so much larger, it's kind of difficult to watch. Mm -hmm. So you're really just there like for the experience and hanging out with your friends and I, it was it was cold. It could have been worse, but it was really cold. I couldn't really feel my feet, but it was awesome. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, honestly, because yeah. I think that was the first time that they've done that in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Like, they've, they have the stadium series, but this was the first time Nashville hosted it, so that was really cool to be a part of. I feel like Smashville, Smash Vegas is like the perfect setting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. It was fun. So when you do think back to your time growing up in Memphis, what are the first memories that come to mind? Um, well, honestly, music. My dad was a musician. Um, he retired actually when we moved to Nashville, but my whole life he was a full-time drummer. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a, music, a studio musician in Memphis at an amazing time to be a studio musician in Memphis. Um, he got to play with so many cool people. Um, Ringo Starr, he did an album with when he was recording in Memphis. And um, so I've just been surrounded by music my whole life. And I really think that some of my first memories were being just like in the studio when maybe they didn't have a babysitter or somebody to watch me. And I would just, you know, hang out in the studio with him growing up and then jump on stage when I was far too young to be doing that, trying to perform with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's how I remember Memphis. Yeah. Just being surrounded by music. And incredibly rich in culture. So who were some of the musicians that you specifically remember listening to or some, maybe the first album that you listened to? Um, so my mom was really into Nora Jones when I was growing up. And that is so, her, all of her albums were so influential to me. She is probably the reason why I started to take singing and writing very seriously. Um, I just loved all of her lyrics and her storytelling and I wanted to do just that. And um, she was one of my biggest influences, yeah. How old were you when you first took the stage in your first performance? Mm, really young, like, like four. But even, I mean, that's when I was like jumping up and for whatever reason, they were handing me a mic at some of my dad's gigs and I would be singing with them. Um, and then it kind of just evolved from there because I took voice lessons my whole childhood and, you know, did the, uh, the Mid-South Fair competitions and all of those weird performances. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really know an exact age. I just know that it was... I was really young. Memphis is known for its music. Maybe the only thing better than music from Memphis is the food. And mm -hmm. having experienced firsthand, I kept raving about the food, especially discovering the King Cristo sandwich blew my mind. <laughs> what, what, are, what are some of your favorite foods when you think back to Memphis? When you go back home, what is it like? I got to go have this. I have to go to Huey's every time. Did you go to Huey's when you I were there? I did not go to Huey's, no. So Huey's was actually the first 
place that I performed as a preteen um, singing either my own originals or uh, cover songs. Um, but it is just this awesome burger joint. And they have three locations in Memphis. And when I was growing up, you could write on the walls. Um, they had the toothpicks that you would spit up and like try to hit on the ceiling. And then every year at New Year's, they would like take them down and have bets on how many toothpicks were on the ceiling. It was just this kind of like, I don't know, is it, it's some of the best bar food. And I don't know why we don't have one in Nashville. I'm really <laughs> upset. I'm like trying to figure out how to make this happen. <laughs> um, but it's the, one of the first stops that I make when I'm in Memphis. Yeah. Well, you made the transition just to the east from Memphis to Nashville to pursue your career. For someone listening to the first time, how would you describe your sound? Um, I'm a pop artist. I am a girly pop artist, but because I grew up in Memphis and I had so many different genres influencing me, um, I've worked really hard at incorporating all of those sounds into my pop music. Um, and it's kind of creating this almost genreless style of pop because, you know, I grew up with R&B and rock and blues and hip hop and um, soul and disco and all of these things. And I'm just, you know, I don't want to pick just one. I want to do them all. So um, pop music first and foremost, and then all the sub genres underneath that. Yeah. Well, in a place like Nashville that is so musically driven and so competitive, you feel having that pop and having that unique background, is that something that can help set you apart from everyone else? I think so. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, definitely in Nashville, there is um, such a strong music business side to everything here. Um, and because of that, people want to really put you in tight categories. Mm -hmm. um, they want you to have just one sound and they want to know what to do with you and then if you vary outside of the lines that they've drawn they kind of get confused mm -hmm. on the business side um but i think there's more fun in that freedom and it's more fun for the performer and more fun for the listener when you're kind of coloring outside of the lines um so i do think that that helps set me apart from a lot of the music being made here how do you balance that then as an artist? You've got your own idea of what you are and what you want to pursue, but then perhaps if you're given an opportunity and they say, well, we do want to put you in this box, you might not want to go down that road, but at the same time, it, it's going to be hard to say no to an offer. And I know that's just a dilemma that plagues many artists. But for you, yeah. what's your philosophy on that? I mean, I just want to follow my instincts, mm -hmm. um, listen to my heart, listen to my gut. And if it feels right, it might not be in line with what I had in mind, but if it feels right in the moment and I trust that it will work out in the end, I think that's just the only way you can go about approaching those situations. You just have to listen to yourself and know what you want and um, know that that might not always be what you've been picturing, but if it benefits you in the long run, then it's worth taking that shot. Yeah. What's the mental prep that goes into a performance? And how do you make sure that you're calm, you're in the right frame of mind for a show? Um, a lot of breath work and a lot of meditation. Um, 
I think pre-COVID, when I was performing a lot, there wasn't a whole lot of mental prep because um, it was just more excitement because it was happening a lot. And then COVID sort of changed all of that. And now that I'm out of performance practice, um, anxiety comes up a lot now for performing. And that just means a lot of going inward and breathing and meditating and visualizing how you want the performance to go and not letting outside distractions get to you. Um, so before I show, I definitely have my me time. I have my little, um, it's a, a, like a steam inhaler. So it helps get my vocal cords ready and I'll sit there and I'll just kind of meditate. When that anxiety does occur, and I know it can happen to musicians of any age, do you try to eliminate it, push it away, or do you in some ways use it to your advantage? And for instance, uh, I know that a lot of times having deadlines gives me anxiety, but at the same time gives me adrenaline, which in a way is like mm -hmm. my own caffeine. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can get in the way, mm -hmm. um, just because you can get in your head so much and you psych yourself out. Uh, but you're right. The adrenaline, my, my entire life, I have experience performance anxiety but my whole life my parents would always just be like you're gonna have a better show when you're nervous if you were too confident in what you were doing and you didn't care about the quality of the performance like it's probably honestly not going to be that great the fact that you're nervous and you're having this kind of anxiousness it definitely like what you were saying it gives you that adrenaline rush and then you're like more focused and most of the time when I'm the most nervous, I have the best performance. So I <laughs> can't really explain that, but I think you're right. It's the adrenaline. When it comes to stage presence, I often think that it's one of those things that really can't describe, but everybody knows what it is when they see it. So for you, when you're developing that, who are some of the people that you've maybe modeled after or ideas or just philosophy you've tried to have when you're on stage? Well, I will say, I, don't, I honestly didn't even think about this until now, but um, Obviously, big fan of Ariana Grande. I love her. Um, and I remember this one video of her. It might have been an SNL performance, or I can't remember where it was, but she was standing up on a chair, and she got down, and it was the chair dance was a part of her performance, her choreography, and she got down. She tripped when she got down and almost just ate it. And the rest of the performance, she was laughing at herself. She would start singing and then just giggle because she knew just like things like that are out of her control and she was able to find humor in it and just not take herself too seriously. And that has always been in the back of my mind when it comes to performing. Just like have fun with it, be in the moment. If you mess up, laugh at yourself. Like don't beat yourself up because then that takes you out of the performance. Um, so I think that just being present and, you know, having fun. Yeah. So what's a composing session like for you? And when you are writing, is it lyrics first or is it the melody first? It's different every yeah. single time. Um, and I, that's another thing I am working on trying not to put pressure on because sometimes you can, you'll schedule a, a writing session with other people, with a producer or another writer, and you'll be super excited about it. and wake up that day and just not feel creative at all 
Um, but those are kind of fun too, because you're in a room with other people and maybe they're bringing something else to the table that you weren't inspired at the beginning of the day, but then you suddenly are. And that could be in a melodic form or it could be in lyrics. Um, it could be one line, it could be one word, or it could be a whole song that just spilled out of you. So it's just being open to the creative process and what, ever way it comes is kind of my philosophy right now mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just a it's whatever happens in the moment honestly <laughs> yeah so one of your newest singles is bedroom what was the inspiration behind that song so that one is a fun one because it was my first song that was not completely finished but the structure was there, the bones were there, and it was pitched to me from another girl that I have uh, been writing with for several years. And um, she, it was during quarantine and she was writing a lot on her own and she wants to be a writer. So she's pitching to all of her artist friends and she sent me the song and she was like, I just really think this has you written all over it. And I listened to it and I was immediately obsessed. Um, and because it wasn't quite finished, we got in the room with, or on a Zoom, this was quarantine, on a Zoom with uh, my producer and her, and we finished the lyrics, tweaked some things that were a little bit more me. And um, I mean, I really don't think there was any real inspiration for that song. It just kind of was something fun for her to work on. And then it was fun for all of us to work on together. But yeah, that was my first song that was pitched to me. And I'm honored to have been able to bring that to life for Anna and for her to be a part of the whole process. And Anna, what's her last name? Anna? Anna Klein. Shout out to Anna Klein. Yeah, she's awesome. You mentioned Ariane Grande as being a musician that inspires you. When you're looking for a creativity, where else do you go? Anything outside of music that you turn to when you're just looking to be inspired, looking for ideas? Yeah, um... I mean, nature, if I am in a creative rut, I spend a lot of time outside and it kind of helps me reset. Um, I also like design stuff, like the wall behind me. This is my kitchen. That's I a kitchen. Painted. I was wondering where we were. Yeah. yeah, we're in my kitchen. I painted this wall and above me, you can't see, but I made these baskets, uh, basket light fixtures. Um and so if I'm not singing and I'm, I'm not really feeling inspired by music, I definitely try to create in other worlds. Um, and right now, home design is one of those worlds for me. So, <laughs> Well, I got to give you credit. As far as background, I see a lot of backgrounds through interviews, and this is one of my favorites. And I would never have guessed it was a kitchen. And the right shoulder... <laughs> The right shoulder um, for you, yeah. I, see, I see the eyes, but to me, I've been looking at it the whole time, and it looks like a dinosaur's head next to oh, the eyes. Wait, oh, yeah. this one? Yeah, you have your hand a little, uh, a little bit up, yeah. up, 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 oh. and then that, that way. That way? Yeah, that looks like a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't have a no mouth. Yeah, he doesn't have a mouth, but the, the eye and the top, the eye, that's what I've been looking at the whole time. Yeah. I thought that was it. <laughs> the nose and the eyes yeah <laughs> that's funny well i mean it's abstract so <laughs> i go. love that you're seeing different things in it <laughs> never would have guessed that it was the kitchen terribly difficult couple years for everyone but especially musicians a lot of uncertainty a lot of doubt that crept in especially the uncertain future uncertain performances cancellations all that persevering through all that what do you feel is the biggest life lesson you've picked up 
Um, taking breaks are important. Mm-hmm. I struggle with just filling up my schedule and feeling overwhelmed by it. And then half of the time, not even being productive because I'm so overwhelmed by the amount of things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or just wearing myself so thin and not recognizing that not doing anything can be way more productive than trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so just allowing myself to have quiet moments and giving myself a little bit of compassion if I'm not accomplishing everything that I had intended to do, do that day. Um, and quarantine, it forced everybody to stop. It forced me to stop. It forced me to really look within. And now I'm a little more aware of when I'm getting overworked and when I need a break. And I hope that I can carry on on these practices forever. I hope I don't forget that because yeah. it is so easy to get lost in just a busy life and um, a fun city like Nashville and just go, go, go all of the time. So um, yeah, take a break. It is important. <laughs> this sounds similar to other guests that it was the first time in their life where they really couldn't check all the things off the to-do list. When your hands are tied, you don't have the ability to check things off your list. It can be frustrating, depressing, like, gosh, I'm not accomplishing anything. And then that's when that lesson comes in of, it's okay if you got nothing done today. It sounds kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, we just put so much pressure on ourselves. And I, have, I, I can really beat myself up um, and just like not, just don't do that. It's um, counterproductive and it's something that I've learned. I've also learned that I can do more on my own than I thought because quarantine, you had to learn new skills and um, I definitely did that like with the design stuff. I mean, I do, I edit my own videos now. I, you know, do all of my social media and my graphics and everything. So that was fun too. Just knowing that there are other ways that I can be creative for my brand and I don't have to necessarily rely on a ton of people to get things done. Keep with the abstract. I envision that as an album cover, <laughs> something like you have Ooh, in the back as an album cover. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> For you in your life, when you are experiencing doubt, when you are experiencing uncertainty and you don't know the answer, what do you do? Um, I freak out. Mm-hmm. Normal. That's, <laughs> That's step one. Yeah. <laughs> step one, I freak out. And then um, I've really... I've learned to ask questions Mm -hmm. and I've learned to ask for help. And I don't, I can't believe it's taken me the majority of my life to figure that out. But I I like, it's important to surround yourself with people that you trust enough to be able to support you during those times of uncertainty. So um, I definitely think I, I have an amazing support system now. So when that does happen, I, I lean on them and I, you know, I say, Hey, what do you think? And then, I mean, sometimes I don't agree with what they think, but that gets me thinking about other things and kind of gets those gears turning again. Um, but yeah, it's just surrounding myself with a good support system, I think has really helped me helped me through on. Un- uncertain times yeah did that change at all your perception of uncertainty and of doubt did that change at all during the pandemic um yeah but i think in a way that just made me realize that we can't control everything as much as we try 
And when things happen that you can't control, you have to first recognize that you can't control it. There is nothing you can do. And just find a way to keep moving forward. And I think that acceptance is what really changed in the pandemic because I'm um, a little bit of a control freak, a little OCD sometimes, and I want to know the outcome Mm -hmm. of a situation. And if I can't, then I'm gonna kind of obsess over the different scenarios to be prepared for whatever outcome might come my way. And that changed obviously in the pandemic because we had no idea what was gonna happen. Very, very um, honest answer, and I think very spot on as well. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Now, when it comes to the wildest cities in the world, people think of you know Vegas, maybe LA, New York, but I think you live in the wildest one because while really? I was there, ah, the the downtown Nashville area, <laughs> I oh, saw I saw nice. mobile clubs. I saw a tractor pulling a, a flatbed with people partying, <laughs> dancing on it. I saw an old fire truck being driven around with people partying, dancing on it. And there must have been uh, 30 clubs in a, you know, one mile radius. And it was just insane. For someone visiting Nashville for the first time, it's a great city, but it was definitely, I did not expect that level of insanity. But for someone visiting Nashville for the first time, what would be your recommendations? Um, Well, you mentioned Broadway and downtown. (laughs) Go there during the day. Don't go there at night. Okay. That was my mistake, man. That was my mistake. Were you there at night? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just too much. There's too many people. There's too many bands play. It's so overstimulating and it is insane. It is truly insane. Um, but it is fun during the day for a short period of time. And outside of that, I mean, we have so many great local bars and restaurants here. The food scene in Nashville is really taking off. Um, and then one, if I had to like, narrow it down to one area to kind of hang out in East Nashville reminds me the most of Memphis. Um, and it's just, it's my favorite part of town. I live in East Nashville. I work over here. Um, there's awesome bars and, you know, a cool park and it's just very neighborhood vibes and not chaotic downtown tourist <laughs> vibes. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely check out, East Nashville, come to my bar. I work at Pearl Diver. Um, I'm a server there. It's like a tiki inspired bar. Um, when you walk in, you feel like you stepped into a bar in Miami in the 1960s. It's very cool. Yeah. What would be a food and drink item that best summarizes Nashville? Oh my gosh. I don't know. This is a tough question. Wow. Um, I mean, everybody's going to say Nashville hot chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like spicy food, so I don't eat hot chicken. But <laughs> that is kind of what we're known for. Um, and then a drink. Hmm. I'm just thinking of all of my favorite drinks. Not really what Fair enough. Hey. a Nashville. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Um, we have a, a couple of really cool breweries around here, so I feel like a good local beer. And well, what was your what was your drink of choice at the hockey game the other night? Oh, um, ranch water. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I like to keep it simple, you Works know. Simple is fine. Yeah. Gosh, it's been so much fun. I'm gonna definitely take your advice 
staying out of out of the chaos next time. I'll come to your bar instead. <laughs> yes. But I'm looking forward to seeing what's next in your career. Looking forward to, to new music and events. So what should we be looking forward to? What do you got coming up? And then how can people follow your career? So I actually just released a song. It's called Get What I Want. It came out on March 11th. Um, and I'm so pumped about this one. It's just a really fun, sassy, kind of hip-hop style song. And I'm hoping to make more songs in the hip-hop world. Um, yeah, and you can find it anywhere. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Deezer, Tidal, wherever you listen to your music. And everything is just under my name, Mad Wellesley, W-E-L-S-L-E-Y. And yeah, it's been amazing being on this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> and this is my first podcast. Really? Really? I'm, yeah. surprised. I'm very surprised. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I'm honored and... that I'm honored that you're the first one. It makes makes me happy. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, when your book comes out, if you're a member, send me an email or add me to your email list if you have one. I would love to get updates on that for thank sure. You. Thank you. Thank you. This was this was this was really great. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you so much. One of well, many. You're going to have many more in your future. Looking yes. forward to it. I hope we talk again, but uh, this was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. See you, Matt. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Mad. So many ways you can interact. Be sure to listen to her tracks on your favorite music app. Visit her website, madwellesley.com. Follow her on social media. The list goes on. Tremendous talent. Give her a follow, support her career, and we hope to have her back soon. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. When I step up in the room, I love you. Everybody's watching every little more. Saying, oh, yeah, I see them talking sets with what I do. Asking who's got their arm around me. But I don't need nobody with me rolling to this party. Diamonds in my hoops, sweet perfume. Casting spells all on them. Caught them in the noose. Cut them loose. Cause I know they won't run hood every excuse. You can use. Get me on your body. But I don't need nobody with me. Welcome to my party. You messing with the girl. And then don't go far enough, it's dangerous See me, want me, need you, hardly I'm just having fun, I'm sorry Don't me your attention now Just like the tension now Should probably mention now Get what I want Don't need your attention now Just like the tension Ten times out of ten, yeah I get what I want, how I want it Don't need your attention now Just like the tension now Should probably mention now Get what I want Don't need your attention now like the tension, ten times out of ten Like the tension I should probably mention